The Errors of the Pharisees, the Exalted Fathers, and the Shepherding Movement. This is the topic of the current sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on Heavenly Authority. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, I welcome you to today's edition of Shi'ar Jashub. When we left off the sermon last time, my husband was in chapter 23 of the Gospel of Matthew, where the Lord spoke to the multitude and his disciples about the Pharisees and scribes. Before we return to the message, let me remind you that you can find information about our church and a library of these radio programs at www.shiarjashub.org. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg. The Pharisees held on to the Word of God. They believed in it. And that's why Jesus said they sit in Moses' seat. And yet, even though they had the right teaching, they had the wrong motives. And what's said of them many times comes into the Christian church, even when the doctrine is right. The leaders can have the wrong motivation. They say, they say it, but they do not do, not do it. They don't do what they preach. They bind heavy burdens hard to bear. They take the true law of God and they add on to it so many traditions and so many obligations that are not of God that they make religion a burden rather than a joy to the people. And at the same time, they don't lift a finger to help. Verse 5, all their works they do to be seen by men. They love to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad. The phylacteries were small, and you've probably seen them today if you've seen some of the the Orthodox Jews, the Wailing Wall praying, they were small square boxes or cases, each one containing um, a parchment inscribed with quotations from the Pentateuch. At prayer time, they would take, they would bind them to their hand, they would bind them to their forehead for morning worship. Supposedly, the Pharisees wore them constantly to show they were constantly in prayer and how close they were to God. There was a scriptural basis in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 8, you shall bind them his commandments as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. But obviously, the Lord is speaking more spiritually there. I know he's put my word in your hand. Do it. Don't just hear it. Do it. Put it between your eyes. Look at it. Observe it all day long. And this was a physical symbol. They would tie these boxes. But think about it. The symbols became a sign, not that they were focusing on the Word of God. It became a sign to the people around them. Look how holy these men are. All they do is think about the Word of God. But they have them on their hand and forehead, not necessarily to think about the Word of God, but to be seen by men and to be praised by men. He says, they enlarge the borders of their garment, the border, the hem of the garment, the fringe of the outer garment. Tassels were worn on the hem of the garment to remind them again of God's commandment. 
And this really has a direct correlation in God's Word in Numbers chapter 15. In Numbers chapter 15 and verse uh, 37, Again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations, and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, and that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined, and that you may remember to do all my commandments and to be holy for your Lord. So God does tell them to air this tassel at the corner of their garment with a blue thread, and as they're going about their day, they look down, they see that blue thread, and they think of God. And it's to stop them. It's to stop them from doing what's wrong. It's to remind them to do what's right. It's a reminder. And symbols like that as reminders are good. Many times in the Scripture, God gives them reminders to wake them up during the day. But think about how the Pharisees, how they took this, because they prided themselves on keeping the law, they would take and often enlarge, that's what Jesus says here, enlarge the borders of their garments. They would make them big. They would add a lot of tassels on them, many tassels, to show how really holy and pious they are. So the whole purpose of the reminder, don't do what's wrong, don't play the harlot, don't go off after other gods, don't go off into idolatry. The reminder that was good turns to them to be a sin because they make all these tassels to show how wonderful they are, and really that's idolatry. Really, they were doing the very thing that one tassel there was to remind them not to do because now they're using those tassels to just show off. It's like this Bible here gives us the words of life. We are to read our Bible every day and pray and meditate upon it that we might live because the Bible says, the Lord says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. But there are some people that they never really read them, but they like to come into church and show their large, huge Bible. They don't value the Bible, but they want to look a certain way. And that's the way the Pharisees were with their tassels. The concept of the tassel as a reminder wasn't wrong. God gave it. But how they enlarged the borders of their garment for the purpose of being seen by men, that was wrong. And Jesus speaks out against it. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garment, but all their works, he says, they do to be seen by men. They love the best places or the place of honor at feasts, the best seats in the synagogue, greetings in the marketplaces and to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi. That comes from the Semitic word, my teacher, a title of honor and respect given by Jews to a teacher of the law. So they walk into the marketplace, my teacher, my teacher, sit here, take the best seat, have the best food. And they love it. They enjoy that attention. They enjoy being seen by men. They love the praises of men over the praises of God. And so then the temptation is 
what? To keep the praise of men, you have to do and say certain things that might not get you the praise of God. A matter of fact, if you like the power structure so much, God could send his Messiah right down in your midst, and you may not want to accept him because it might jeopardize you being called rabbi, rabbi, and getting the best seat in the marketplace and in the synagogue and the place of honor. It's not that they had the wrong scriptures. They had the right scriptures. They were dedicated to the scribes, to writing them down and making sure they didn't make one mistake when they copied it. It's what the religious system did to them as people to exalt them, to place them in a position that no human being should be in. Verse 8, Jesus explains this to the multitude, and he says, he's not telling them to rebel against them. Listen to them. Do what they tell you to observe. That observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and they do not do. And then he says, verse 8, but you, but you, speaking to his disciples, the new covenant ministry, which we're talking about now, but you do not be called rabbi. For one is your teacher. That word there, teacher, means your guide, your master, your leader, your teacher. But you, speaking to his disciples, do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher. And who is that? The Christ. One is your teacher, the Christ, the Messiah. And you are all brethren. You're all brothers. This is a new covenant ministry. There is only one teacher. There is only one true leader, guide, rabbi, Jesus Christ the Lord, and everyone else in the church, you are all brethren, your brothers. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Verse 9, do not call. See, verse 8, do not be called. Verse 9, do not call. Neither receive it nor give it. Neither receive an honor, not do you, nor give an honor, not do someone else. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. Now, is Jesus speaking about our earthly fathers who raise us? Obviously not. If you think about it, otherwise the word father would lose all its meaning and context, right? If people would stop, if children stopped calling their human father's father, right, then they would develop a different word, and so the word father would lose its meaning. We understand the word father only because, by definition, it means the one that, that is your parent that gives you birth. And so when you take it into spiritual context, you mean the father of your spirit. Your biological father gives birth to your body. He doesn't create you but you get a concept of what the word means by father, mother, so that when you say your spiritual father, you know the one that created your spirit, the one that created all the world, the father of all. What Jesus is speaking about here, he's speaking in the context of religious authority. He's speaking about the Pharisees, right, the scribes. Do not call anyone on earth your father, your spiritual father. You don't say to this man, because you know the word of God, 
because you've taught me the word of God, I will now call you father so-and-so. And I make you my spiritual father. That's what Jesus is speaking about. And he says, but you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, and do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. This is the great Abba-Daddy relationship we've discussed in this church over and over again. That Jesus paid the price on the cross so that we can be adopted into the family of God. And if you put a spiritual leader that you perceive and call as your father in the mix, all you're doing is making a man-made layer between you and your true heavenly father that Jesus died on the cross to remove. Our church website again is www.shearjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. You'll find information about our church. And of course, you will find a library of hundreds of Bible study radio programs to help you in your walk with the Lord. And if you appreciate the ministry of Shi'ar Jashub, can I ask you to pray about supporting these church outreaches? Donations should be made out and sent to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. May the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.